1: Welcome, Dolphins fans, haters, and everyone in between, to your favorite show discussing the greatest franchise in sports, the Miami Dolphins. This is the Fins Pod. My name is Moose, your host, and we just witnessed the worst game of football played by the Dolphins at home since 2019. We were outplayed in every facet of the game. Brian Flores and his staff were outcoached, and despite getting a relatively mediocre Josh Allen, the Dolphins were too busy beating themselves to capitalize. Today, as painful as it is, we're gonna sift through the wreckage of Miami's 35 to nothing loss to the Buffalo Bills. Fuck it, let's dive in. Uh, I mean, we didn't play well in any
0: area. Um, I mean, we beat ourselves: penalties, drop, drop passes, missed tackles. Um, you know, and that starts with me. I got to do a better job. I got to do a better job of getting us ready to go. Um, that wasn't the case today. And give Buffalo credit; they're a good team. Uh, they played well in all three phases. We, we, need to, we need to do a much better job from an execution standpoint um, and give ourselves an opportunity to be
1: in the game, which you know, I thought you know, early we, we, we missed, some, missed a lot of opportunities. I want to start by saying this. The Dolphins made mistakes all over the field. And yes, there are some areas of focus that we will get into, but literally in nearly every phase, the team did not perform. Offensively, the tone was set by the Bills' defense seconds into the game, Tua, prior to his injury, was given no chance. Anyone saying that this loss is a Tua problem can go to hell. Maybe we find that out later, but that isn't an opinion that can be formed with any real basis from what we saw on Sunday. He made four pass attempts, had a great pass to Devontae, and every other time he dropped back, his life was in danger. That continued with Brissett, and we'll get to him. The defense made dumb mistakes, stupid penalties, and were not able to get home on key third downs. The offensive line was absolute trash. The run game couldn't exist due to the deficit in the score, and the receivers had far too many drop passes and missed opportunities. So all in all, Tua gets an incomplete grade. The good news is, according to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, Tua had an MRI on Monday morning, and the results were good. His ribs are just bruised, which isn't fun, especially for a quarterback who needs his core to throw, but still, it means that it's just a pain-tolerance issue. We'll know if he's playing this weekend by how he is at practice in the coming days, and I'm sorry, but we need Tua Tungvaluwa on this offense to have a chance. And now knowing that was the case and nothing was broken, I bet that he theoretically could have returned to the game, He probably wanted to, but the coaching staff figured they should just let Brissett take that beating instead of putting a hurt Tua back out for the slaughter. Brissett came in and did what you expect a backup to do, make a few nice plays here and there, but ultimately fall short. His interception up the right sideline to Levi Wallace was atrocious. He did horribly with his protection calls, and oftentimes he didn't take easy yards with his legs when they were there. Quarterback is probably one of the last problems to point to this week. We need Tua, not Brissett. I hope that became clear for some of you. But even Tua can't do anything when the offensive offense at large plays this poorly across the board. At receiver, no one made an impact, and that's going to be a general theme today. Jalen Waddle led the team with six receptions and 48 yards, but considering he struggled with drops for a second straight week and he fumbled a punt return prior to halftime, not a great performance from the rookie. Devontae Parker looks like he will have a great season overall. He made a few tough catches, but ultimately he dropped a potential touchdown pass from Brissett early in the game. It would have provided a little spark, keeping the Dolphins in it, but no, went right through his hands. Mike Kosicki, again, wasn't a big factor throughout the game. Miami has to find ways to force him the ball, to help the offense. He finished with just three catches for 41 yards. Albert Wilson looked a lot better in the second half, and I hope he can build off of it going forward, but his rust showed early. He struggled with drops and did not look nearly as dynamic with the ball in his hands. Hopefully, he cleans it up and gets better moving forward, because again, he opted out all last year, didn't really get any reps in week one, so the drops a little more excusable considering it was his first action in a long time. But like I said earlier, the running game was not a factor considering we were down so quickly. Moving to the defense, and this is where it gets kind of complicated because, to be honest, the defense played well early on. They kept Miami competitive into the second half, only down a couple scores when it so easily could have been 35-0 by half. The secondary did well. They limited Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, well, until the second half when they were gassed and morally broken down and allowed Diggs to get a couple big plays. But Xavier Howard had an excellent game, once again showing why he is the best defender, not only on this team, but arguably in the league. He had a pick and almost another, which slipped through his hands in the rain, but ultimately his heroics weren't enough. Miami also got a generally good performance from Byron Jones, who had a couple of nice pass breakups. All in all, considering how shitty the offense was, Miami held Josh Allen down, who's looked like he's taken a step back. He finished 17-33 for just 179 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. The defense could have had a better performance, but this is a team game. You need complementary football, and that was not the case at all on Sunday. Now, moving to the issue at hand, the offensive line. Oh my God, was it bad? Miami could not figure out their protections. Allowed allowed far too many free rushers and struggled to pick up defenders who were running stunts and games. Jesse Davis needs to be benched. First off, I don't understand how we started over Liam Eichenberg. That was a mistake, and I better not see 77 out there again. He single-handedly got Tua injured, and for the second week in a row, was a total liability. Michael Dieter blocked fine, but when protection calls are a problem, that falls on the quarterback and the center, the two players responsible for setting the blocking assignments play-to-play. I don't really see a change coming at center, though. Same with the guards, who struggled to pick up blitzes, but again, Solomon Kinley and Robert Hunt don't have many good replacements behind them, although it could finally be time for Deval Neto to get an opportunity. You at the very least know that he's going to hit somebody, not just stand there waiting around like we saw far too often from Solomon Kinley. Austin Jackson, Jesus, that kid needs to play better. We can't suffer his growing pains in the regular season. I want to see Liam Eichenberg starting next week, and ideally, Miami can find some depth at tackle through free agency, but... I highly doubt this team goes that direction. Instead, they're probably going to double down with the guys they have. It was a tough loss. Home opener, an opportunity to make a statement across the league. But no, they decided to make another kind of statement. A same old Dolphins kind of statement. But hey, here at the Finns pod, we look for the silver linings. We look to the future. And I can guarantee this, members of the pod, things will only get brighter from here. We'd just like to take a quick moment to thank today's sponsor of the show, MyBookie. MyBookie is always the right play, unlike the Dolphins on Sunday. You bet, you win, they pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy football guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. If you had two as your fantasy quarterback like me, you're screwed. To help yourselves out as well as the show, use our promo code FINSPOD to get up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus to double your first deposit. Again, that's promo code FINSPOD to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today with the link in our bio, or visit MyBookie.ag, and don't forget to use the promo code FINSPOD when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet. Win. Get paid. MyBookie. Look, this game isn't really a game to dwell on. It just isn't. Nothing went right, and frankly, all this tape should be used for is the coaches and players as a wake-up call. You can't expect to come out half ass and be competitive. This film should light a fire under this team, which should burn for the remainder of the season. So, going forward, the Dolphins are now 1-1, which, to be fair, was the likely outcome after two weeks. Now, we look ahead to a Week 3 matchup against the 2-0 and Las Vegas Raiders. Miami's going to be returning to Allegiant Stadium following their miracle win last season. So, unfortunately for us, Gruden's going to be looking for revenge. The Dolphins have to take care of business. And I believe they will. Why? How could I have any faith in this team after the beatdown we just witnessed? Simple. If I know one thing, it's that Brian Flores is more passionate than any one of us. There is so much to correct. The Dolphins will leave this game and the Monday morning film session playing solid, fundamentally sound, and disciplined football. If we come out again and struggle, then you can start asking questions about this regime. The Bills are a better team than the Miami Dolphins. That much is clear. They lost to a mediocre Steelers team in week one and came out angry and ready to roll. Miami has to adopt a similar mentality going forward. Taste this. Feel this. Bathe in this pain. You got your shit rock, Dolphins. Don't let it happen again. Improve both schematically as well as in your ability to execute those schemes. On the defensive side, the defensive line needs to get more push. We didn't see enough from Jalen Phillips, and Emmanuel Ogba needs to get home faster. He's always right there. And he was able to get a sack this week, but in order for him to truly make an impact, he has to actually make the impact. The secondary has to continue playing solid football, and I really liked what I saw from Javon Holland. Not only did he scoop up the fumble, that was forced by Brandon Jones, but he pressured Allen a few times and made good tackles in the open field. Another bright spot in an otherwise dark, dark time. The receivers need to hold on to the ball. Overall, the unit is definitely improved from last season, but they have to bail out the quarterback more often. It feels like almost all contested catches fall to the wayside. There needs to be more aggression from the receiving core as a whole. And can we just say, told you so. Freaking told you so, Dolphins. All of us fans did. Jakeem Grant is a liability. He does not help this team. He hurts it. I would rather have kept Malcolm Perry. It's just the truth. The tight ends need to be more involved, like we mentioned. Mike Kosicki was too absent in the game plan. And Adam Shaheen and Durham Smythe are generally useless out there. The play calling must improve. But again, when you can't protect for more than half a second, anything you call is going to fail. So here we are, one and one reeling after a brutal loss to a division rival, Everyone can keep saying what they've been saying. The Dolphins aren't ready for primetime, and this team is mediocre at best. Despite how they looked, I don't believe that. I said last week that week one is the worst we'll see them play. Boy, was I wrong, but I can confidently say that no, our performance against Buffalo will be our worst performance. I can't stomach Jacoby Brissett starting for this team. We need to a back in order to make any type of impact this season. I hope this is just a pain thing and he can numb it up be ready to play by next week, but I fear that the team's going to take it slow, rest him an extra week, and roll the dice with Jacoby. It is early enough in the season where thinking like that does make sense, but if that's the case, the next weekend becomes even more scary. We'll continue to process this in the coming days. Don't abandon ship just yet. The team needs us. And we've gone through so much worse than this, people. A 1-15 season, an 0-7 start in 2019, which opened up with beatdowns much worse than this against the Ravens and Patriots. We can get through this. We will get through this. And ultimately, all we can hope for and pray to the football gods for is that the film from this game can be used as an instruction manual. Here are the specific concepts we struggle in. Here's what we do well, not a lot, and let's build off of that. We're going to wrap up the show now with our studs and our duds from this game. I'm going to be honest, it doesn't feel like a stud-worthy performance. There's just not enough studs for the segment. So I think it would be fitting to instead just have the duds on offense and on defense. Starting on the defensive side of the ball, for the second straight week, first dud, Christian Wilkins. The more time passes, the more it becomes clear that Miami drafted a rotational defensive tackle with their first round pick in 2019. Definitely a good character guy, someone who can set the tone in the locker room, but by no means is Wilkins a dominant force or a game-changer. He once again proved to be a liability in run defense. He's dud number one. Next up, again for the second same week, Jerome Baker. He's decent in coverage, solid tackler, but he doesn't make enough impact plays, both as a rusher and when defending against the run. I think it may be time to call up Benardrick McKinney. Our final dud on the defensive side of the ball Justin Coleman. He got beat by Cole Beasley far too often and usually on pivotal third downs. We need better play from the bottom of our secondary if we don't want to waste the prime of two great cornerbacks. And speaking of, let's give an honorary stud designation to Xavier Howard. He played one hell of a game, and despite losing a jump ball contest to Diggs late in the game, he was excellent, pulling down an impressive interception against Stephon Diggs and almost having another. He gets honorary stud status because, you know, He's just a damn stud. The offensive side of the ball does not have any honorary studs. Frankly, there's more than enough duds to go around. First, Jesse Davis. I don't care that you're a captain. Ride the bench for the rest of the season. We've talked about it before, but I'll say it again. Jesse needs to be a rotational player coming off the bench due to injury, not your starting blindside tackle. He can't cut it. He never could. Our next stud, Austin Jackson. I mean, come on, bro. The issue is less physical with him and more mental. He looks lost out there at times, allowing for pressure to come when it never had to. The silver lining there is the fact that so much of his problems are mental means that it can get cleaned up, but time is running out for that. Next up, Jakeem Grant. Miami's moving the ball. We're in the red zone, trying to make a game of it, and he fumbles it away at the five-yard line. Give me a break. Call up Kirk Merritt and drop Jakeem to the practice squad. Hell, trade him away for pennies on the dollar. I just can't with him anymore. Our fourth dud on offense, Jacoby Brissett. Anyone who thought he was a better option than Tua just doesn't know football. He made a few nice plays, but they were few and very far between. He sucked at reading pressure. He sucked at getting the ball out quickly. And just like the rest of the offense, he wasn't ready. And the final dud, left guard Solomon Kinley. I think it should be clear which position group is to blame for this loss. Yes, there were errors everywhere for the Dolphins, but allowing that many sacks, that many pressures, not getting push in the running game, and most importantly, allowing your quarterback to be knocked out of the game is just shameful. I would not want to be in the film room today, and I hope this coaching staff is laying into them. I hope we have the best week of preparation since the beginning of the Flores era. I hope we come out next Sunday understanding what's at stake, and we play the best football of the season. And I know a lot of you had your confidence rattled, but it's important to remember, the Buffalo Bills were in the AFC Championship game last year. They, by all intents and purposes, are the better team. They got their shit rocked in week one by the Steelers. They came out pissed, ready to go. We did not come out ready to play and got swallowed up whole. Now, going forward, the onus is on the coaching staff and the players to make the necessary corrections, learn from their mistakes, and play improved football. I believe it will happen because, to put it simply, I believe in Brian Flores. It's moments like these that define a coach not getting beat down but the bounce back. If we don't bounce back, it's time to question the leadership in the locker room. I just feel like it's too premature for that right now. It's just one game, one bad game. And hey, we get to see Buffalo again very soon. Just five more games separating us from revenge. And oh boy, I hope we see the Dolphins put together five solid performances leading up to the game, or else that Halloween game will be feeling very fitting. It'll be a spooky time. But overall, rough, rough performance Not the week we want to have. We were hoping to be talking about way more better positive things for this week. 2-0. Look at us. Super Bowl contenders. But no. Reality check. We have a long way to go. That doesn't mean we can't get there. Again, I like the pieces. I like the foundation. We've seen a lot over the last two seasons to believe in the direction of the team. But this week is pivotal in determining the rest of our season. I do believe that. And if we come out and look lethargic again, whew, (laughs) it'll be time to panic but for now I think we're going to make these corrections we're going to see Brian Flores and the Dolphins come out to Vegas ready to roll it's going to all be on that game but we're going to be having many episodes leading up to that so be sure to subscribe we're going to be talking a little bit more about this game but mostly looking ahead seeing what the Dolphins need to do to improve so be sure to stay here stay locked in with us here at the Finns pod and subscribe
0: (sighs) I mean, it don't really take time. You, you just got to, like, work with the guys next to you, trust the guys next to you. And, um, you know, we're still doing that. We're a young line, and we, we, we're trying to improve. Um, that's no excuse, you know what I mean? We can't keep saying that shit. Um, But, you know, we're we, we working to be better, man. We will be better.
1: That's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Fins Pod. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to Timothy Ritchie and Brian Guger, members of the pod, and supporters of the show over on Patreon. Check that out. Links in the description or head to patreon.com slash finspod. Thank you all so much for the continued support. And please remember to like the video if you enjoyed the show, even if you did not enjoy the show Sunday afternoon. And subscribe just so you never miss a chance to chat about your Miami Dolphins. Remember that the show is available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and of course, YouTube. Continue the conversation with us over on Twitter and Instagram, at FinnsPod. I hope you all have an amazing day. And until next time, stay safe. Love y'all.